Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, welcome back to Rivs and BK. He is Alex Ferrario, subbing in for Brandon Kylie. I am Jamie Rivers, Tanner Hendrickson on the board. Right now, we're going to go to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Hotline, joined by Sarah Langs, who is an MLB reporter for MLB.com, on Twitter, at S. Langs on Sports. Give her a follow. Sarah, how are we doing today? Hey, thank you guys so much for having me. Doing doing well. You know, we had a fun weekend of baseball, so see what's next. Yeah, you're probably doing better than the Marlins are today. And uh, obviously that's where we're going to head to right away is this is an ongoing situation. Where are we at exactly right now with the Miami Marlins? Yeah, you know, um, I don't really have any additional information beyond the press releases you guys have seen. Obviously we saw that the Marlins-Orioles game was Cancel, uh, postponed for tonight and that the Yankees and Phillies was as well due to the Marlins using that clubhouse and you know obviously my biggest concern is just that all of those players and individuals that we have been seeing have tested positive that they're okay that they're asymptomatic and hopefully that everything does end up okay but obviously not not ideal. Yes sir so I think the biggest question on everybody's mind uh, certainly mine is was ba- Major League Baseball ready for something like this and you look at the protocols, you look at the decision by both sides, predominantly the players do not have a bubble to play in, and the very first weekend of baseball gets put in the books, and we're looking at an outbreak with the Marlins, and we're not sure where else it's going to be headed. We have a couple other tests that popped up positive uh, throughout the league, but in your opinion, should, could Major League Baseball have done something a little different? You know, honestly, I feel like everybody has become like a cottage infectious disease expert in these days. And the truth (laughs) is that none of us really know, you know, and I'm not sure I really feel comfortable saying whether they could have or could not have, because I just don't know enough about how all of this works. I can say that the protocols that were in place, everything we read about that very long guide, I mean, it seems like a lot. And I think that, you know, ultimately, it's really hard to know what else might have been done or what could have been done. I don't even know what kinds of options would be out there. And the truth is it is a virus, right? It is there and it wasn't going to go away. So it was just a question of, you know, how to play while it is ongoing. Sarah, going back when the negotiations were happening in MLB and MLBPA, you know, the the option was thrown out there of possibly doing a bubble and the players really weren't on board with that. And there were a lot of question marks thrown into that. But with that kind of in hindsight now and looking at the NBA and NHL who are doing the bubble and they've had zero positive tests. Do you think that Major League Baseball and the Players Association might look back on that and say, boy, maybe we should have did the bubble? No, I, I'm not really sure. I certainly can't can't speak for them or anything, but I will say that baseball was in a very different spot than those sports, right? Those sports were in a situation where they had to finish up a regular season, figure out some seating, and then move to a postseason. 
baseball was trying to do an entire season and postseason. Obviously, we got to a point where that ended up shortened, but I think that it's a very different ask to ask these people, these players, coaches, everybody else to go and isolate themselves away from their families for so long to play the entire season and postseason. I think that it's very different when you're, some of the teams aren't even part of it in the NHL and NBA and where you're going to be moving to a situation where teams are going to be eliminated relatively soon. So I, I do think it's, it's just different, and it's just the calendar. You know, it's nobody's fault. It's nothing like that. It just is where we were in March and what, where we happen to be with all of these different seasons. Talking to Sarah Langs, MLB re- reporter for MLB.com, on Twitter, at S. Langs on Sports. Sarah, where does baseball go from here? Meaning, you know, the Marlins right now, games postponed. I'm just wondering how they navigate through this. Does the entire taxi squad get called in for the rest of the games? I mean, just technically... I believe, and again, I'm I'm no expert, right? Is they're supposed to quarantine after this, which would certainly affect baseball's plan to play almost every single day throughout the season. What's next for baseball? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. I'm sure we'll have a better idea in the next few hours. I mean, news has been breaking so quickly already this morning, and I'm sure it will continue to. But I do think there are some really interesting logistical questions with just simply fielding a team for the Marlins. We know. As you mentioned, quarantine, all of the different requirements. And uh, Major League Baseball has in place that you need two negative tests within at least 24 hours, I believe, in order to return. So figuring out exactly how to navigate that with the number of people that have been reported to have tested positive. I'm not really sure. I mean, this is why there are taxi squads, I, I imagine, in part, is whether it's this or injuries or anything else. But I'm not. I'm not really sure, but I, I would imagine we'll we'll figure that out this afternoon somehow. Sarah, nobody's been under more scrutiny since the pandemic has hit in baseball than Rob Manfred. From the conversations back and forth to baseball starting up, how much pressure do you feel like the MLB commissioner is under right now with all of this outbreak? Honestly, I mean, I think every commissioner has been under this kind of pressure since what was it, March 11th, the day that everything shut down. I mean. They're being forced to make these decisions that are both based on health, also money and how the sports actually work and continue to function and keeping players in mind. There are just so many different factors. And I know I remember, you know, Adam Silver being asked at one point whether a whole team having an outbreak would shut down their season and him not entirely being sure the answer to that as well. So I think that a lot of these commissioners are really in the same boat where it's it's just a lot. And honestly, I'm I, I feel for them because it just, it, I, I can't even imagine we've used the word unprecedented so many times in the last four or five months that it's almost lost its meaning, but it, it really applies in a situation like this. Again, talking with Sarah Langs, MLB reporter for MLB.com. Sarah, I want to shift the focus just a little bit here. We would be silly not to talk about our two birds on a bat, the St. Louis Cardinals, and, you know, your impressions of the Cardinals after the first week and what some of your takeaways are. Yeah, I had a lot of fun watching the Cardinals games this weekend. You know, I thought that Goldie looked pretty good. Really enjoyed that home run he hit on Saturday. High launch angle, hit off the big mass land sign. That's exactly what you want to be seeing from him. You know, Flaherty coming back, raring. I think he was a, you know, very uh, common sort of dark horse-ish Cy Young pick. Maybe even just normal Cy Young pick. But, you know, not Jacob deGrom is my point. Um and great to see him go out there seven innings. That's what you want to see. Two runs, that's okay. Team wins the game. And I, I think they're looking really good. I think that the entire story with baseball right now, at least on the field, is how knotted up all these teams are. We don't have a single team that's 3-0 and or 0-3. and 
first time since the 1950s that we didn't have either of those. And those are in normal seasons, not even shortened seasons. So I think, you know, we're gearing up for a really exciting tenant race, you know, assuming all of this continues and the Cardinals seem to be right in it. Sarah, you mentioned Goldschmidt's home run, and I think in terms of Cardinals Nation before the season started and before the pandemic hit, the biggest question was offense and power for this baseball team after watching them last year. Uh, Your impressions of the fact that the Cardinals team hits four home runs in their first two games and they're scoring 15 runs in their first two games. Of course, Sunday didn't go that way, but the offense showed up a little bit. Yeah, you know, when I was making my preseason predictions, I was a little uncertain with them for exactly that reason. I thought, you know, the pitching seems like it's going to be there, but I wasn't 100% certain with the offense. But they certainly proved me wrong over those first few days, and it seems like they may continue to. And part of it may have been facing the Pirates, but you know what? In this schedule, they're going to face the Pirates a lot, so you can't even write that off as, oh, no, that's the only reason. And I don't think it was. I mean, these are good established players who they have hitting for them, getting these hits. It's great to see Dexter Fowler you know, hitting that home run, hopefully get into a bit of a groove. He's had some streakiness just over his career. And Paul DeYoung, I mean, that's exactly what you're expecting out of him. And he's hitting like 400 right now. He's not going to continue that. We've joked about 400, I feel like, a lot over the last few weeks. But he's a good player, and I think that this could really be you know, even more of an offensive breakout for him. Yeah, Sarah, that's actually where I wanted to go was Paul DeYoung. And, you know, he had a great start, like you said, hitting 400. Obviously not going to keep that pace up. But is this a season where, you know, shortened season for sure, it's a big difference from 162 games. However, is this a season we could see Paul DeYoung being a consistent offensive factor for the St. Louis Cardinals? Yeah, I I definitely think so. I mean, I think he's been building there over the course of the last few years. And I, I think that, you know, season starting in the middle of the year, it's already hot weather. There's no none of those sort of early season, you know, not excuses, but different factors that we often consider. And I think that we could see him really get back to what he was in that in that rookie year where he finished second rookie of the year. He hit 285. He hasn't quite gotten back there yet. But, you know, counting stats notwithstanding, I think that he seems to be hitting the ball really well right now. And, you know, hopefully that continues. Sarah, thank you so much for your time here this morning. I know uh, Major League Baseball, a little chaotic right now with everything going on, but we sure do appreciate you taking some time out to talk to us. And hopefully when things get figured out a little bit down the road, you'll come back and join us again. Of course, I would absolutely love to. And thank you so much for having me, guys. All right. Thank you, Sarah.